0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Seven Hundred Pelham Road Podcast. Your one stop shop for all things Jack State Sports. I am Caleb Williams alongside my co-host Jalen Cooper. Jalen, how you doing today?
1: I am doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, Just chilling here. Probably gonna go get some coffee after uh, we finish up. Uh, What about you,
0: man? I might do the same. Um, You know, we had a weekend with the boys. Um, we sure did. We sure did. It was a weekend. Um, and so now we're having a rally to actually be productive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right about that one.
0: Uh, but we are here nonetheless. Um, man, it was a big week for football.
1: Yeah, we had some, uh, pretty big games. Um, you know, we had Auburn, and, you know, their Voodoo stadium down there, giving it to UGA, uh, honestly should have came away with the win, but compared to how they have been performing all season for them to make that game that close, that was huge in and of itself. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, the Colorado game, mm-hmm. Duke-Notre Dame, it, it, it was a very exciting weekend for college football.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of good games. You know, Colorado-USC started out about how we thought it would, and then Colorado stormed back in about the last 20 minutes. Um, Ole Miss-USC might be the highest scoring game of the year. Um, It probably will stay that way. Um,
1: Yeah, talk about, you know, Wet napkin defense but firepower offense.
0: Yeah, um neither of those defense could stop a slug on on on, on a ventilator, but
1: I feel like that's one thing, you know, Lane Kippen has been known for all miss, especially though. His offenses have always been known to just light you up for 50, 60 points. But you know if you have a competent enough offense, you can go right back at him and put up 50 60 and you're looking at a shootout.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, you know, you got to give credit to you got to give credit to LSU for being willing to stay in a shootout. Um, you know, they've historically been a team that wants to play a little more defense. Um, but when One, when your defense is as bad as theirs is, and you're facing a team that also has a defense that bad, you just got to lock in and score. Um, I'll tell you what, they gave us an entertaining game. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing thing that we have seen that – probably will continue is Jaden Daniels just getting absolutely lit up. He is a quarterback that does not like to go down. He does not like to go out of the balance. He wants every single inch. And you know, these SEC boys, they're making they're making him pay for every single yard he's getting.
0: Yeah. Um one of these hits is gonna get to him eventually, I'll say that. I mean he he's a baller. He He's, he's mobile. He can throw. I mean, he's everything you want in a QB. He just he needs to learn to slide every now and then.
1: I'm sure somebody is in Brian Kelly's ear right now, telling this man, you know, get get Jim Daniels to slide or get out of bounds by any means possible. Because um, yeah, you want to be in the hunt for the, the SEC championship game. You you want to be in the playoff hunt. But if you were limping there. You are not nearly as effective.
0: Yeah, um, um, I'll tell you what he's got. He's got Auburn's defense in two weeks, and they're not—they're not Ole Miss's defense, that's for sure. Um, no,
1: he's got Auburn's defense. He has to go through Bama's defense. Like what's been working on some of these. You know, weaker SEC West and you know, some of the SEC East teams, it's just not going to work whenever he has to, you know, play Auburn, Bama, UGA, etc.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I think if LSU ends up winning the West, which is still possible, um, I mean, they only have one conference loss, I think the issue you're going to see, and we saw it this week. Is what happens when Georgia starts to tee off on them?
1: Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, they're just, I, the way the way they play right now, as it sits, unless they can, you know, get their defense to figure something out, I just don't know how they fare, you know, with the rest of their SEC schedule. I'm not even super confident they can, you know, win out and get to the SEC championship game. But, you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we will see. Um, um, I I guess we should go.
1: Speaking of SEC, we flip over to the East. Mm -hmm. Kentucky, Georgia is a, a big game to look for, especially after seeing Georgia's lackluster performance against Auburn. I mean, they did what they had to do when they needed to, but it was not a pretty game for them by any means.
0: No, I wouldn't. I'm not going to come right out and say Kentucky beats Georgia this week, though it certainly is very possible. Um, I do see it being another close game, though. I mean, just, you know, we saw it against South Carolina. We saw it against UAB. We saw it really most of the year, Georgia – Has started really slow, um, and they've played down to their opponent. Yeah, but here's the issue now: is what happens when you play down to an opponent that's also a top twenty-five team?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think this is the week where I think this is the make-or-break week for Georgia. Either they're going to lose a really close one, or they're going to, you know, go back home. That's a huge advantage. They have home cooking. Um, and they're coming off of, I wouldn't say an embarrassing win, but it's definitely not a win to be proud of. Um, and so either they're going to lose very close or they're going to come back with a vengeance and, you know, hang 60 on Kentucky out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this about Kentucky um, Devin Leary is one. Big game away from Kentucky turning into a real contender in the in in the SEC. Um, I, um, he he was a great player at NC State. He just had a lot of um, injury issues. Um, Now he hasn't been as good here, and part of that is one the defenses are a little bit better. Two, he doesn't really have the weapons that he had at NC State. You know, he doesn't have. Um, he doesn't have Wandale Moore anymore. Um, he doesn't have uh, Chris Rodriguez anymore either, I don't think. No, he's
1: um, in the league. Chris yeah, so, is a, a Washington commander now.
0: Yes, yeah, like all those guys that were playing with Will Levis who were really good. And when I said, I said Ron, Wandale Moore, I meant Wondell Robinson. Um, but, um... Like he just doesn't have the weapons that he needs, really, to to attack and yet they're still making plays.
1: Yeah, to still be five and zero, you know, with a somewhat depleted offense around compared, like you said, compared to years past, very huge. And that's the kind of guy you got to be, you know, wary of, especially you know with UGA, like you said, having the slow starts they've been having and their defense not being the same defense we saw the past two the past two seasons, so that's definitely what, you know, some people would call a trap game for them, because um, you're not used to going into Kentucky week being seriously worried about Kentucky, but here we are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely going to be a good game, and it'll probably be the, uh, hoping it'll be the uh, 230 CBS game, so that we have a little time to get ready for it and then a little time after to react to it.
1: I think that one, actually, I think they got them at night. I think it's a night game in Athens.
0: Oh man. That's that'll be an atmosphere.
1: Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Um, but yeah, we had an exciting weekend of college football, but we also had a very exciting midweek of college football. Um, very own conference, Conference USA, we got to, you know, start the, the midweek slate with a, a, a couple of good games.
0: Sure did. Um, one in particular that, that I think we all have a little vested interest in. Um, Jay's Gamecocks hit on the road to Texas, um, and we'll get into it, but probably one of the most exciting finishes that I have seen um, really since the 20, I think the 2021 season, Um, you know, we didn't really have a lot of like super close games last, last year. Um, And I mean, this one, we had an overtime game where we were down three scores and came all the way back.
1: Yeah. That I I definitely uh, think that was a even from an outsider's perspective, a lot of you know other CUSA fans and just college football fans in general really seem to enjoy that game. I saw a lot of if you're not on if you're not on ESPN right now, you know you're missing out. Um, so yeah, I was happy we were able to you know have a marquee game, especially because the other game um, going on at the same time was. Not as fun or exciting. Um, I think preseason conference champion favorite, Western Kentucky, they – MTSU came into town and it just – it was never close. It was 23-3 to at halftime, and the final score was 31-10, um, which is kind of what you expect. MTSU has not had a great season so far, um, and Western Kentucky – Although they're three and two, they have still very much looked the part of, you know, a conference championship contender.
0: Yeah. um, I'll say this, though, and I'll have to apologize if it's taking me a few seconds to respond. I've been getting a lot of texts from work um, about some stuff that happened last week, and so I'm having to respond to that. um, um. I'll say this: um, we we've got three games coming up that's going to really decide how this conference goes. Um, and I know we're about to get into kind of really what what went down, you know, in Texas. But just to something really, I mean, if we have to sum it up into one sentence before we get into it, the way that we played in the second half, the way we responded to such a slow start, that's why I think we have a chance to to quote-unquote win the conference.
1: Um, oh, yeah, 100%.
0: Um, and I don't, that probably wasn't even the answer to what you said. <laughs> um, uh, just because I was having to respond to a text, I didn't hear it. So hopefully I don't sound too
1: disjointed. No, but, no you're good.
0: Um, hopefully what, that thing that just happened is taken care of now so I can kind of lock in. Um.
1: But, I mean, yeah. the The other conference game was a Friday night game. Uh, Louisiana Tech went to El Paso, took care of business there, twenty four and ten or twenty four to ten. Um. Yep. So they're sitting along with us and Liberty is the um somewhat tied at the top of the conference leaderboard. All three of us are at two and zero. Western Kentucky's at one and zero and the rest of our conference mates have yet to get a conference win. Um, So like you said, you know, going into these next three weeks, we can be the James Madison of CUSA. We can come up in here and we pull off some upsets. We could quote unquote win the conference, even though we can't.
0: Yeah. I mean, our next, um, two of our next three games, well actually all three of our, of our next three games are against teams that are in the top six of the conference. Now MTSU has kind of fallen flat this year. It hasn't been, it hasn't been a good start to the season, um, but Western Kentucky, they're three and two and they've only played one conference game. So that kind of tells you what their, what their schedule has been like. Of course, Liberty four and oh, they're probably going to be four and oh just about every year they play yeah. <laughs> as long as they aren't playing any, any, you know, big teams. Um,
1: yeah and outside of us um, Liberty's prediction to win their games were forward, I think outside of us they don't have um, a percentage lower than like 65%. So the chance of Liberty ending the season 12-0 is fairly high.
0: Yeah, it's 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 very likely. I mean it, now the beauty of that game is they're coming from Virginia, you know, on a Tuesday night. Um, down to Jacksonville. Um, So the hope is that they'll be way more out of rhythm than we are, because at least we'll be, you know, our guys will get to sleep in the normal beds, kind of go through their normal, you know, Jacksonville routine. Um, Whereas, you know, they're going to have to be on the road in the middle of the week. And so you hope that what, you know, kind of what happened to us with, uh, um, you know, get heading over to Huntsville, Texas, hope it happens to them or you get a slow start just from not responding to the travel well.
1: Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's a, that's a few weeks from now. So, we first, we got to get past MTSU. Um, yep, sure. Which do. we'll get into after, you know, we talk about last week's game. Um, but overall, the conference is looking, looking pretty strong. Um, the only thing I hate about that is right now it's looking like there's enough teams that are going to be bowl eligible to at least fill out our conference contractual obligations, um, which is which is nice because you want a strong conference, but also I'm a little selfish and I want us to walk in and just you know walk into a bowl game and shut everybody up.
0: Yeah, I would I would greatly prefer to be able to. you know, kind of announce ourselves and say, Hey, you know, we might've been FCS for the last infinity years, but, you know, a lot like James Madison where you come in and say, Hey, we, we've got talent. We just, we just need a chance. I really would love to see that we can continue doing that. Um,
1: Yeah. I'm hoping some of the other G5 teams kind of fall off a little bit and there's a bowl, a bowl spot open somewhere. Um, at this point, not super picky. I would just love to be able to say, "Hey, we walked in. You know, year two of our transition, but first year with the FBS schedule and walked right to a bowl
0: game." Yeah, yeah, no, no, no question. Um, it, it's a hard ask, but I mean, we put ourselves in position where we're two wins away from being bowl eligible, and I see really, I can see three or four wins left on the schedule.
1: Um, oh yeah. I see, a, I see a potential in the schedule where we can legitimately walk out at 8 and 4, and I can see where some things fall our way and we walk out 9 and 3. Um, yeah. It really just depends on you know how we handle business. Mainly these next three weeks, NTSU, um, mm-hmm. Liberty, Western Kentucky, um, yeah, we can walk out of here 8 and 4, 9 and 3, and be way above you know all of our expectations coming into this season and honestly just giving you know liberty and western kentucky two of our strongest conference mates, you know something to look at and be like okay maybe JHU was a good addition to the conference maybe they do you know help you know our conference gain a little bit of respect after they lost what six or seven teams last year um So, you know, hopefully we can go in, put up some good performances, walk away with a good record, and, you know, just overall help, you know, grow the the strength of our conference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you all, I'm not really quite as loyal to certain conferences as some people would be, but you do want your conference to be good enough that, you know, your schedule, your strength of schedule isn't. You know, last in the FBS. Yeah, because um,
1: right now, right now we're sitting at like I think we have like six of the seven easiest schedules according to strength of um, strength of uh, record or whatever. So, you want to build up your conference in the sense that when it comes time for you know the twelve team playoff and they're looking for the highest ranked group of five champion you know you want us to actually be able to have some respect and not just be like yeah well you're playing obviously the weakest conference out of all of them so why should we even look at you
0: yeah absolutely um but you know um you know the hope is that you know you take care of business and then you know you don't need strength or schedule to um to you know, having you know, have any influence, you know, you hope you can be seven and five, eight and four and not have to feel like you're having to justify to anyone um you know that you belong. You know, I think we go eight and four year one. I think people know that we have a chance to really be a, a power in this conference for a oh, few yeah. years.
1: For sure, for sure. Um and especially if it was eight and four, you know, year one still running mainly off of FCS-level recruits, that would be huge because, one, you know, when Rich Rod and the boys, you know, hit the recruiting trail, they can look at some of these three- and four-star guys that are looking at, you know, possibly sitting the bench at some of these higher G5, lower P5 schools and say, hey, you can come here and really put in the work and you might see the field right away if you're, you know, Dedicated enough, and, and you know, willing to show that you got it, and we're not, you know, some sport to laugh at. We came in and went eight and four right off the bat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, with that, I guess we should probably get into it, kind of talking about about this last game. Um, um, you know, going into into Huntsville, I think we all kind of overlooked Sam Houston's ability to perform at home. Um, in part just because of who they played. You know, they'd they'd faced off against a lot of really good teams. Um, You know, they played BYU. um, They played Air Force. um, You know, the teams they played were very, very good teams with really, really good football coaches. Um, And so, actually, I'll go on the record and say I was wrong. Um, This this is a team that still – can put some points up and they can still hang around with, with you know, with teams. Um, I'll go on record. And say I was wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, same here. I think a lot of other JSU fans can say the same. Um, I'm not going to say the team was, you know, looking past Sam Houston. I think a lot of fans were for sure. Um, but it was definitely a shock for us. Um, you know, going in and seeing them with their record and then, you know, we go into the game and almost immediately go down let's see what we were we were down twenty one or we started off pretty good but then we were down twenty one to seven going to the half and it was not looking pretty whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Um you know it and a lot of it started with um you know, I think in part due to how how many struggles Sam Houston has had on offense, they went. They did a lot of different things this last this last week. They did a lot of wildcat stuff, uh, a lot of QB run, um, and their first touchdown really was a QB run RPO with with a running back, you know, leaking into the secondary and no one covered him. Um, yeah, just a wide open throw.
1: Yeah, I think them kind of experimenting on offense caught us off guard on defense because it just seemed like there were a lot of simple missed assignments or, you know, simple miscommunication. Um, and I say simple because obviously it looks like, you know, whatever it was, they figured it out, cleared it up in, in the second half. Um, so I think, you know, they just came out with something different than what they had been showing on on, you know, on tape, on film. Um which was, you know, really big for them because we just did not look like we had any sort of clue or any sort of answer for anything at all after they got rolling there in the first half.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have to credit their defense, too, because, you know, I'm not saying that Logan was playing poorly, but he definitely was not responding well at first you know, to the weekday game, to the, to, to the travel. I mean, and the offense really as a whole. Outside of Elite Jackson, um, you know, popping a, a few big runs, you know, we really didn't have any offense to speak of in the first half. Um, yeah.
1: In the first half, he, he picked up, what, 80 yards or 85 yards on that first drive alone. Um, and then after that, our offense – kind of went dormant for the rest of the half. I don't know if we even crossed 150 total yards in the first half at all.
0: Uh, I don't think we did. Um, I mean, most of our yards really were one drive. Um, and, and again, that one drive was Malik Jackson with two big runs. Um, um, and, really, both the same play, just a simple – Zone own read play um, and Logan gave it to him um, and he popped two big runs. And that was, I mean, that was it, but no, the rest of the first half we didn't have any offense really didn't have any success defensively. And, you know, it, it's, you know, I think we both said it already. It, it wasn't so much that we were playing poorly, but they were doing a lot of things differently that we have not seen. I think even on tape, you know, it's stuff that they have not been doing and stuff that Casey Keeler, as a coach, has never really done. Um, but, I mean, it's a long year, and they've got eight games left, and they need to needed to find a way to get some rhythm, and they found it in the first half.
1: Yeah. Um, whatever whatever um, had been plaguing them, I don't know if it was, like you said, simply the level of competition they had been playing against or um, – If it was just a matter of, you know, trying to find something that would stick, um, they figured it out and I don't know if it's something that they will just kind of stay with and work out the kinks or if they'll, you know, add or subtract because whether it was our defense or whether they just kind of fizzled out their second half, this game was truly a tale of two halves. Um. Where you know they won the first half twenty-one to seven, and then we turned around and won the second half twenty-one to seven. It it was it just seemed like whatever was working for them the first half, it just kind of fell apart in the second half. Um, but like I said, you got to give credit to our defense because they also went into that locker room. And they were like, okay, this is what they're giving us. Even though we may have seen, you know, X, Y, Z, they're giving us A, B, C. And they were able to flip the switch real quick.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think one of the big things that, and we've talked about it before, is we have a coach who knows how to make adjustments at the FPS level. Um, and, you know, you go into the locker room at half and say, hey, look, we'll be honest, we're getting gashed offensively. We're turning the ball over, just being sloppy all over the place. Here's what we've got to do. Um, you know, yeah, I'm sure there, there were some other things said in the locker room that I probably can't say on this podcast. But <laughs> um, that was probably the gist of the message is, look, we've got to strap in if we want to win. And, hey, second half they strapped in, especially defensively. Um, oh, yeah. They didn't give up a yeah. touchdown until that last drive, which came off of a fumble – inside of our own 30 like it's not like they had they drove the length of the field on us you know we got strip sacked inside the 30 and they they scored on fourth and one after we stood them up three times um so again like second half really they didn't do anything offensively it it was one one short like 25 yard drive um that they scored on that was it
1: yeah um And whereas they weren't really doing much offensively, um, I think Logan Smothers finally settled in and found whatever groove he needed, Um, which is what I've been saying the whole time. I think he just needs the time, especially, you know, he wasn't here for the spring. He came in in the summer, which is a huge disadvantage when you're the quarterback and, you know, you have to learn the whole playbook. Um, so I've said for the longest, if we're going to play him, he needs to just, he needs to have the time to work through whatever's going on and kind of settle down. That's why, you know, I wasn't a fan. I know you weren't a fan. I know a lot of people weren't a fan of the random, you know, two Zion web drives, um, because we all believe, you know, especially with them deeming Smothers the starter, he just needed time to to work through it and calm himself down. Now maybe that was the point of the, the two Zion web drives, but I still just didn't like it.
0: Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of it. And again, it, it more goes to, if you're gonna, if you're looking to, to have one guy as a starter, you have to let that guy play out his struggles. Um, because if he's, if, if he's shown that, hey, you're struggling and we're going to take you out, then he's going to play scared. He's not. He's going to play tight, right? But if you say, hey, we trust you, we know that even if you make mistakes and then you're struggling that you can get it back together, he's going to go out and play loose and he's going to start to play well. And when you're a guy who's as talented as Logan Smothers, you know, former four-star recruit, the talent is in there. That. That's, it's just a matter of of getting him really a few easy throws, and I'll I'll go on record and say this: we I don't think we did a good job of getting him any easy completions in the in the first half, but in the second half, I don't know what it was. The game plan completely changed. They went more to the short passing game to set up the deep ball instead of trying to force the issue downfield. And I mean, it worked. It worked. Yeah. He, I think, what did he start? I think our quarterback started what one for their first twelve.
1: One for their first fifteen or sixteen actually.
0: Okay, yeah. So and then from there Logan finished sixteen of twenty eight. So that kinda tells you that he that he got on a heater in the second half. And I think it was just all you know, it was all game plan. It's all you know, simplifying it, you know, repetitively doing what he's good at.
1: Yeah. And like you said, I think them finally going to the short game. And then allowing that to translate into the deep balls what did it. When we have players like Sean Brown, Michael Petway, Sterling Galvan, we can we can win a lot of these mismatch, mismatches, you know, in the slot against linebackers. We can get a lot of these, you know, 10-15 yard middle of the field, ten, fifteen yard out routes, you know, we can get a lot of these like we saw against Sam Houston. And then from there, that will translate to the safeties pulling up, the corners playing a little tighter. Sterling Galvan and Michael Petway got, have that breakaway speed. And, you know, Sean Brown, too, as we saw in overtime, they can get down the field and, you know, have all the space in the world. Um, it's just one of those where we actually have to utilize those players, others, than just, hey, go run 40 yards down the field and let me sling it.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I'm not saying that we don't need to throw deep balls because that's how you break games open, but it shouldn't be the meat of your offense. If you haven't been very successful doing it right. We're not, we're not 2013, you know, we're not, you're not the early 2010s Baylor, you know, with Art Bryles when they're throwing all those deep shots, but they're hitting them because they've got track stars at, at receiver who, who run in the four threes and you can't keep up with them. Like we're not, we're not that kind of team right now. We're a zone read, play action type team. Um, yeah. And I think we got a little bit out of that element in the first half. I mean, we were still trying to run the football, but I think our passing game was a little too drop back oriented, whereas now, you know, you know, look at the second half, there's a lot more play action, a lot more short stuff, you know, really just try to get Logan easy completions or open completions. And yeah, you, saw, you know,
1: the, the the small stuff, the easy stuff, like we said, it builds up and then then you get the big plays.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you even saw, you know, the big you know, the big completion to Michael um that that kind of broke the offense open in the second half was off-play action. And for that matter, it was off of a pulling guard, so it it was dressed like a run play. Um and it's really hard as, as a safety to, to maintain in zone when you're watching the QB and you see the pulling guard and play action. It's hard to maintain integrity and not come down to try and, you know, work the run. And that's exactly what happened. You know, safety's bit. Michael runs a post over the top and Logan threw an absolute dot. Um, and, you know, I think if – you know going into an, a game against Mtsu where I'm pulling up their their defensive stats now I don't think they've been that great defensively let me see here yeah so looking at their defense they're giving up around 400 yards a game 250 of its through the air I mean they're allowing over two touchdowns um passing on the season almost two touchdowns rushing like this, it's they're not a great defensive team i think this is a game where we've got to really put the pedal to the metal in terms of all right this is what we're good at this is what just scored us you know 28 points and essentially 35 minutes of play you know i think this is the week where we kind of really put a stamp on our identity as a team this year um
1: yeah 100 so. percent. this is very much our make or break stretch um not like we've necessarily had a cakewalk leading up to this point, but this is like the meat and potatoes of our season right here coming up. Um, So at this point, it seems like some others is the starting quarterback and, you know, with the way injuries and whatnot have shaken out Malik Jackson is RB one. So we really just got to lock in and have a game plan tailored to where at least coming out, of in the first half it needs to be kind of simple just kind of dink and dunk to you know get those chunk yards that way we're not especially with how fast we're running our offense we're not going three and out 30 seconds and then the defense is on the field and then you know we come back out and we're only on the field for another 30 to 45 seconds and then we're right back on the field or and then our defense is right back on the field um so yeah, coming up on this stretch, we definitely just have to get those those easy plays. Um, that way, our offense can kind of build the confidence and build the momentum. And then, as everything kind of comes together and we're moving the defense around the way we want, then you you know you open up the big shots. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of good things that we saw in the second half, both from the defense and the offense. Um, yeah, I think he just kind of carried in the overtime. Us having to come out, score first. As you – I mean, like you said, that throw was a fairly simple throw. Um, and Sean Brown took it in and we got the extra point. And then the defense just really locked down and got off the field in four plays in overtime.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I – I give credit to. I really want to give credit to the receivers. Um, We haven't really seen a lot of explosiveness in the passing game, and I'm not. I don't want to pin all of it on the quarterbacks. Um, I know Logan really. I mean, he made some great throws even in the first half that just weren't caught. Um, And I think that was a big thing. Is we've needed some guys who are going to step up and be explosive. And we finally saw you know, Sterling downfield. We saw Michael Petway downfield. Um, we saw Perry Carter downfield. Um, you know, we just it, – it really felt – I even saw, again, Sean Brown, like you said, in overtime, downfield. Like, it felt like we finally found a way to balance, you know, find, find a way to, to get the intermediate game going and not being, you know, a screen and deep ball type team. Like, we have been – under previous coaching staffs where it's been, all right, we're going to throw wide receiver screens and we're going to throw deep shots, and that's really it.
1: Yeah, Um, which can get very annoying when you're sitting at third and nine and then you see a screen. Um, We lived that life for way too long, and our fans are tired of it, and I think we're finally past it. Obviously, you're still going to see screens because they just work, and especially depending on how the defense has been moving around and what coverage they're in, sometimes the screen is just the best option. Um, statistically, but we're not seeing a drive where two out of every three plays is a screen anymore, and that is v- very refreshing.
0: Yeah. Um, obviously, I want to see it. I want to see us not have such a slow start. You know, this next week when we go on the road, but it was encouraging with the adjustments we made that that hey, this week, you know, you have you know, a little bit longer turnover, right? You don't go from Saturday, Thursday. You're going from from Thursday, Wednesday. Um, So you're getting those two extra days to kind of get ready. Um, You know, I I really would – if we can come out firing first half this next week, um, you know, I really like our chances. Um, And then, you know, leading into Liberty and Western Kentucky, I think that – you know, if you you know if you could even you know, and I don't want to like say that you know a loss is whatever, but even if we lose, but you could tell that, that it wasn't because we played poorly, that at least gives you a little confidence going into those two home games, where you certainly would hope with it being a weekend and no one really having anything anything else to do that they'll they'll show up and and be uh be a little belligerent for a few hours.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um. But Yeah, I mean, overall, not a great performance from start to finish, but a great adjustment, and that's what you love to see, that even though we were down and kind of just looking hopeless, we were able to, you know, pick ourselves up, hit a complete 180, and, you know, come out with the win. Um, People will say, well, they were – 0-3 or 0-4, whatever their record is, but they sure as as hell weren't playing like it. And so I think regardless of record, the way we were able to turn it around and come back and win says a lot about us um, as a team. And I think going forward, you know, if we ever do find ourselves down two or maybe even three scores, I'm not going to be so quick to count this out.
0: No, no, neither would I. Um, now, and and you know, I, I, before we move on, I do want to touch. This isn't the first time we've seen us go down by a few scores and win. I mean, the Eastern Washington game a few years ago, I think we were down what like twenty eight to seven to start the game. Yeah, and and came all the way back to win in the final minute. So it now obviously that was a different coaching staff, but like we're we're not. You, This isn't new to us. Like, we've seen it happen several times before. It's just a matter of, you know, seeing it with this team on the road. That's – I think that's where the difference is.
1: Yeah, seeing it on the road, seeing it for a night game, midweek game, you know, just totally new environment. I think that was really huge for us to just be able to gain a sense of composure and, you know, come away with the win, so – Definitely a lot of great things to take away from that game and a lot of great things to look forward to. Um, and hopefully we can just keep progressing and, you know, see USA and really just let everybody know, you know, we're not to be messed around with. We're, we're here for a good little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: No, no doubt. we. It, I think we're definitely proving we're here to stay.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so before we get into the – the preview of this week's game, a couple of other sports shout outs. Um, our women's soccer team got their first conference win over UTEP. They went into El Paso, came away with a 1-0 shutout, um, which, which is huge. I think that puts our conference record at 1-1-2 and 2, um, and our overall record at 6-5-2. and 2. Um, So not a bad start at all. I know their next game is against conference leader uh, New Mexico State. Um, And I believe that's a home game. Um, So yeah, definitely good to get that first conference win under your belt. Hopefully they can build some momentum off of it and keep it going.
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, we're all about the other, not just football and basketball, you know, at the podcast, we're all about the other sports and seeing seeing their success is a big part of you know what makes us proud to be JCU alumni because we we truly try to be an everything school and for the most part we are. I mean, well, you've got a lot of competitive squads that are not football and basketball. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, shout out to the soccer team. Um, you know, getting a win over Utah uh, seems to be a trend with our with our squads this year, getting a win over UTEP. Um, so, yeah, shout out to soccer. Uh, huge win. Love, hope to see you guys continue to have some success this year.
1: Yeah, same. Um, I'm always rooting for all of our teams, no matter what, to come up with a win. Um, cross country, we actually came away with a huge win. Um apologize if I pronounce the name wrong, uh, Bethlehem Menzano Jimeno won. She actually won the individual cross country title at the live and Luke classic in Louisville. Um, and she finished 30 seconds ahead of second place. Um, which for those of you out there that d- aren't necessarily familiar with cross country or track or anything, 30 seconds is a very huge gap. Um, so yeah, she she didn't just win. I dare I say she dominated that race. Um, so definitely a huge shout out to her. Um, that's a lot of running to do. A lot of nonstop running to do.
0: Yeah, I could never run cross country. That's for sure. Um, I mean I, I I can't run that far anyway. But definitely cannot run the kind of length that these that these people are running. So huge credit and i'm assuming you know if if the race was in louisville that means there's probably
1: some, some pretty hefty squads there oh yeah probably um i ran cross country and long distance in high school and i wasn't super great then i definitely could not do it now at the college level um i would get embarrassed whether it be running against men or women um Definitely a huge accomplishment, a huge feat. Um, and I wish her and the rest of the team a lot of success going forward. Hopefully we can come away with some more individual titles or, hey, maybe even a team title, you know, coming up here soon. Uh, we're definitely going to keep our eyes on them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first news we've really heard, you know, with cross country this year, said so it's a new sport we'll be able to report on.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of new sport, I know we don't necessarily have in our notes, but I saw that bowling was seventh in, I don't know what standing it was, but they were seventh in preseason standing. I don't think it was for conference. I think it was just for whatever league they're in. So that's huge. It's seeming like we got a pretty pretty solid team there. Um can't wait to see what scores they put up. Whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be higher than my like 120 average.
0: Yeah. Um now I'm not as familiar with collegiate bowling as I probably am other sports. Um
1: Well, we haven't had a bowling team until now, so we really Yeah, yeah. We didn't have a reason to, to. <laughs>
0: Um That's true. We didn't really have a reason to to pay attention to it, but here's the thing, bowling is bowling is it's kind of like you know cornhole um or fishing like it's one of those things that that a regular person can enjoy right you don't have to be six eight you know two 240 to be good at um that's not a knock on the people who who are bowlers or fishers um or playing cornhole like that's not a knock on y'all like but it's it, it's, it''s it's a much easier sport to re, to relate to because it's things that we've done um, so yeah like hopefully our bowling team turns out pretty good we've got we've got some lanes in the Jacksonville area so I'm sure some of these local kids have been playing a lot in their junior high and high school lives so hey hopefully we have a good year.
1: yeah I hope so definitely will be something to keep track of with it being so fresh and so new, um, hopefully we can get a lot of our fans, you know, involved in it and, you know, cheering on these girls as the season progresses. Um, the one sport I do know we will have a lot of fans for is, uh, basketball. Yep. We are one month away from some game action. albeit an exhibition. Um, We are one month away from game action at the Pete. Um, November 1st, both... I believe November 1st, both the women and the men um, have exhibition games. The women... Let me pull it real quick. The women play Montevallo at 11.30 a.m. on November 1st. And the men... If my phone will stop being slow. Here we go. The men play... I think it's Talladega College. I'm trying to pull it up to make sure. Um, Here it is. Yeah, the men play Talladega College on November 1st at 6 p.m. That's a lot of time in between the two games. Usually, we have double headers um, when they both play in the Pete. But women at 11.30 that morning... When, or men at 6 p.m. that afternoon. um. So, yeah, we we are very close to Gamecock basketball, and I know you love being in the Pete. I know all of our fans that go to basketball games in the Pete love being there. It's just a great atmosphere all around.
0: Yeah, the Pete is an underrated, underrated atmosphere in college basketball. I mean, I, I remember um, – and John Morant's last year at Murray state and we played them and I'll be honest, we kind of ran them off the floor and their coach came up afterwards and was like yelling at us about just how good of an atmosphere we were. Now he's yelling cause he, he couldn't really hear, hear himself think cause we were still getting after it, but um, we've gotten recognitions from other coaches about just how good of an atmosphere we put on and, um, so hopefully it keeps up this year, you know, new conference. Um, I think that first time Liberty comes to town, it, it's going to be a party.
1: Oh yeah. Um, between hardcore, which is, you know, the best pet man in the land and the cock flock, the unofficial student section, as far as, you know, where they deem the student section is supposed to be um, that little area right there behind the basket can get rowdy. Um That being said, I think the university should move the student section in general to being, you know, all around hardcore because we could really make uh, the opposing team's lives hell. Um, Because, I mean, we get really great student turnout at basketball games. Um, So if we were to move everybody over there to that section all around hardcore, that, that, that would be... That would be hard to, you know, not pay attention to as an opposing coach or an opposing player.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I can say after five years of being in hardcore and then last year being my first year in the student section, like for real, for real. Because I'll be honest, I don't think I went to hardly any basketball games my freshman year. Um, I think I went to one. Um, big mistake. But last year, like, it gets loud on that end of the court. Um... Now I don't, I don't know whether it was intentional or not that they put us right next to the opposing bench, um, but we have gotten some guys kicked off the team for for trying to punch us. So maybe I keep us here.
1: One of them was not an attempt. One of them he fully landed. A yeah, punch. yeah. Uh, one
0: of them was a punch. That that is true.
1: Yeah, one of them he fully landed it. Um, but you know we, we definitely get under their skin a little bit. Um, some opposing players play into it and make it make it a great game. Um, and then we get to laugh with them after uh, some of them that you can tell it gets under their skin and they get really annoyed. Um, so I'm ready for that that atmosphere. hopefully we can bring it back and make it even better this next year because' um, I'm, I'm definitely ready to travel to Jacksonville and catch a couple of games
0: yeah absolutely and I know I'll be there for for at least a, a few weekend games um this next spring so so look out for me and Jalen to be leading some belligerency um at the Pete
1: you know it <clears throat> you know it well with that being said I think we can head on to a quick little preview of next week um.
0: I think so. The the
1: Jacksonville football Gamecocks are traveling up to Murfreesboro, Tennessee to play uh, Middle Tennessee State University.
0: Yeah, so MTSU, you know, they're one and four. Um, When you look at the games they've played, they played at Alabama, at Missouri, home Murray State, home Colorado State, and then at Western Kentucky. You know, those first two games went about the way you thought they would, yet run off the field by by Alabama. Um, I'll give them credit. They held their own at Missouri, who's 5-0. and um, You know, they beat Murray State. Uh, but then they lose to Colorado State, um, who is not a bad team, though you would have loved to see them play a lot better. And then Western Kentucky, no surprise, Western Kentucky – Beats them by a few scores. Um, yeah, I mean we all know what Western Kentucky's about. They know how to, how to put some points up. Um, um you know, I, you know, looking at the numbers, they're they're not a great. They don't have a great secondary. Um, and I think you know what we the progress we saw in the second half from Logan Smothers and the receivers. I think that has to be encouraging. Um, you know, we're not a spread triple option, run it 60, 70 times a game type team. We still want to throw the ball. Um, yeah. and, so, and so I think, you know, seeing the progress that we made there in the second half in the passing game and knowing what MTSU is about defensively, where they're more looking to stop the run, I think we can find some opportunities early to throw the ball and force them, you know, to not stack the box. So that's yeah. just me.
1: The The biggest thing... I worry about is doing what we did against Sam Houston and kind of reading into the record. I think the record can be a little bit deceiving. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Based on based on who they have played so far, um, their one and four is a little bit different because, like you said, they played Bama, they played um, Mizzou, they played Colorado State, and then last week they had Western Kentucky. Um, I definitely think we should be able to walk in after watching how they played against Western Kentucky. We should be able to walk in and handle business. Um, I just don't want us as a team, which I know the coaching staff I doubt it will happen. I don't want them to read into the record and the stats too much because we will come off flat like we did against St. Houston. Um, they're definitely not a team to look past. We, we have to respect, you know, who they are and what they are. Um, Because if not, we will end up right back in the same situation we were last week, and we do not want to get in the habit of that whatsoever.
0: No, um, and you brought up a good point. You know, and I think I I think I've mentioned it. Like, not only is the schedule deceiving, but a lot of I, I will say their passing numbers aren't just not having a great secondary. And I don't know that their secondary is elite, but. They've been trying to stop the run, right? And that because just because yeah. that's that's still how you win football games is to run the ball and stop the run. Um, um now I'm not saying their secondary is elite, and that we need to, you know, change our game plan in terms of how we throw the ball, but I do def, I do think that if they continue to to look towards stopping the run more, I think we should lean into it a little bit, right? Try to throw the ball around, force them not to um, stack the box and then see what see what happens from there.
1: Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, honestly, top to bottom, if I think we play like we did the second half um, in judging how they played against Western Kentucky, I think if we play like we did the second half for the whole game, we should be able to come out of there with a fairly easy win. Um, looking at all the predictions right now, ESPN has us, has a 56 per, yeah, 56% favorite. Um, the money line in Vegas, oh, it keeps moving. Earlier today, I looked, and it was MTSU three and a half. Now it's down to MTSU three-point favorite. Um, so basically, for all intents and purposes, everybody is calling this game a toss-up with the over-under at 51 and a half. Um, so yeah, I think... I think those lines and those numbers are about right. I would honestly have us as a favorite, but you know, only having him as a three-point favorite, and we still got a couple of days before game time. I see that line moving much closer to a toss-up, but um, I think we can go in, handle business, come away with a lot of momentum going into um, Liberty Week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know, I think this game. You know, you know, Sam Houston. You know, you know, is a little bit different because we've played them before, so we're, we're familiar with each other as opponents. I don't know that we've ever played MTSU, and if we have, I certainly don't remember it.
1: It hasn't um, been in. It hasn't been in the recent past, at least. Um, yeah, no, this is a, which we'll have a lot of these experiences as we go forward. You know, being FBS especially with out-of-conference games. Um, Very much a new opponent. We don't know the history of their play style. We don't really know the environment of their stadium. You know how their crowds are. Um, And especially with it being a midweek night game, this is a a huge chance for us to kind of show them what we're made of because, you know, they've seen it from the outside looking in. This is our first chance to, you know, give their fans and their team an up close view of, you know, this is Jack State. Don't mess with us, you know. Don't take us lightly. We're here for a long time.
0: Yeah. Um, normally I say we're not here for a long time. We're here for a fun time. But this is a week to prove we are actually here for a long time as well. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I you know it. I would love to go on the road and get a dub. Um, I would more like to go on the road and play the way we did the second half against Sam Houston. Um, that, that's really what I want to see. Even if MTSU hangs with us in a shootout, I want to see the offense move the way they did because the defense, more often than not, is going to get their own. It, it It's when the offense is moving that we turn into a really, really good football team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, once the offense gets rolling, especially because of the tempo, um, once the offense gets rolling – and, you know, we can put points up every drive, every other drive. That's when overall as a team, you know, the confidence is really high. And you can see it. Those guys start to they, – they start to get really confident, and they start playing really hard. Um, and then it just bounces back and forth. And when you have a coach like Rich and you get that confidence, that energy, that momentum that – you know, you get all of that at, you know, high levels – that sideline becomes electric. I mean, we've seen that firsthand. We've seen it on TV. This team, if they can, you know, get everything rolling the way they need, it's it's a scary team.
0: Yeah, really is, uh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah,
1: well, but, I'm just hoping we can go in and come away with a win and be one step closer to waiting on that phone call that they don't have enough bowl teams.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah man. I'll tell you what, and I know we've said it before, but we get the call as long as it's reasonable driving distance. I'll be there.
1: oh yeah, the only thing is I hate that you know we're gonna be last priority, so we'll end up getting some we'll end up getting like the Idaho potato ball or something, and i'm not I'm not going to Idaho.
0: No, if I'm gonna to go to Idaho, I've got to be getting paid to do it. yeah, no offense people who live in Idaho, but there ain't much up there
1: potatoes.
0: There are potatoes, good potatoes. Get get yourself some mashed potatoes.
1: <laughs> I don't have, I don't really have anything else to talk about, do you?
0: No, I don't. You know, I think it's just a matter of, you know, let's get to Wednesday night. You know, it's only two nights away when we're recording. It'll be one night when we, when we post this tomorrow. Or maybe if I can get it out later today. Um, you know, but, I mean, it, it's weird we're only two nights away. Um, you know, from, from Gamecock football and we still haven't even played Monday Night Football when we're recording.
1: Um, yeah, you yeah, know, last Thursday it was, it was weird sitting there because I honestly forgot that we even, like I knew we had a game, but I kind of forgot until I was like, wait, it's Thursday and we got a football game, y'all. This is, we're here, midweek action is here. We officially have football seven days a week in some form or fashion for the next like month, month and a half.
0: Yeah, it's it it's it, hey, it's the most wonderful time of the year. You know it. Who need who needs Christmas when you've got football? But uh but no, I'm I'm am I'm excited. It's gonna be you know, hopefully we come home, you know you know, night after work and get the dub against uh against MTSU and and that's the way it'll roll. So Alright, you got anything else?
1: No, I think that's it.